Huh. Hey. Aren't you aren't you that guy from that You're show, that... the Chris and Terry show? Terry. Yeah, I must be Terry. I should have changed my actually I'm gonna change my name right now. Just because that is funny. I always get that. Hey, I know you kind of ish. And then they say it's Terry or Perry. Or I just say your name is Terry with a K. That's a good idea. Actually, I'm going to put that. Isn't that funny that we can actually do this? Terry. That's hilarious. With a K. There you go. Hi, so, everybody. On that note, um, <laughs> some of the haters, I think they might be in like grade four or five. Yes. They, they come up with these interesting names for me, like Crisp Snot. Yes. I've never heard that before in my life. Ever. They're pretty original, especially yeah. in grade five. I'm waiting for them to come up with the, the Scotty softens the blow thing so I can mid do a yo mama joke back at them. But anyway. Well, someone will probably say that. Uh, I guess we should start. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Gary from the uh, What's Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. And I'm not in Mir, Alberta. I am in my basement in, in, in my parents' house. No. <laughs> it's, not, it's not his mother's basement. <laughs> in Calgary. And uh, who are you? Well, my name is uh, Christopher Scott. I am public enemy number one in the province of Alberta. At least number irreparable one. harm to the people of Alberta, as per Justice Adam Germain. Yes, very nice. Yeah. So I spent a day, a partial day in court today, like what, two hours? Uh, a little less than two hours. Very short. Out of, out of what was supposed to be three days worth. Yep, yep. So uh, there's been a lot of people asking questions about what happened in court today. And first of all, I want to say thank you to the... <clears throat> lot of people who showed up today to support uh the gallery was filled packed full couldn't yeah. squeeze in even one more person and there was even somebody who is uh who trolls me and hates me that is and michael was there today. hi there michael wasn't very courteous today i did say hello to him uh, i was tried to be friendly and i don't understand what was happening he was pointing at the roof i i said yeah he was pointing hey, at the roof hey, Mike, with his, uh, middle finger yeah, he just walked away and he's pointing at the roof with both both of his middle fingers as well, he walked happens. by me. But I don't know. Maybe he was maybe he was worried that the roof was falling or the sky. I was think falling. he was just upset that there wasn't enough uh seating in the gallery. So he had to be like this the entire ah, yes. So I think that's what it was. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh a good day. It was awesome to see all those people there. Um, we ended up going to Carrie's favorite place, the Jackpot Casino, for lunch and breakfast. Yeah. And that was also wonderful. Um, I had a heated exchange with my friend Bob there, and we hugged afterwards, like usual. That's like, like really, what people should do. Uh, yeah. You know, we're so afraid of having these deep conversations right now that everyone is like, "Oh, don't, don't scare me." And but no, you guys yeah. had an awesome uh, heated exchange. It was and quite then, heated. <laughs> and then, as you guys should, you acknowledged each other's side of the story. And uh, like you said, you embraced, and uh, and there you Weird are. Word, men don't embrace. Embrace? I embrace oh. that. What do we do? What I embrace my beer on a uh, Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Bob and I don't agree on some things, uh, but at the end of the day, we have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. We yeah. um, know that we're both human beings, and we are neither of us are perfect. So that's where we find our common ground. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, court. Yes, absolutely, court. Do you know what happened today? Because I don't. There was a kangaroo in there, I'm sure. In the ah, court. 
Yes. So it was really just all about procedures. So what was supposed to happen, and Chris, you can correct me on some of these dates if it ended up. It was around August 30th where you were in court last, physically in court. Mm-hmm. They decided that they needed some more uh, disclosure, so more emails, yes. documents. Well, what happened there, Carrie, yeah. was uh, Chad Williamson was uh, questioning Ian Pilschke, my health inspector. Yes, Ooh, yes, health inspector. That's right. And he asked Ian if there was emails that were referencing what AHS was doing with me and how they were handling my stuff and what's going yeah. on. And Ian's like, "Yeah," and Chad's like, "Why don't we have that?" <laughs> Like the guy's on trial, you want to put him in jail and you, we, we don't have all the information, like, come on, get a grip. So, so then, yeah, they said, they gave him what, 30 days. I, I think it was until, well, initially it was like, can you do this tomorrow? And it was like, uh, no. Well then how about a week? No. So then they, I think they said like it was October 4th or whatever it was. Yeah. And then that got pushed to sometime in November. And then is that when we went back last time or was it only in our, we haven't, have we been back since then? No, I don't think we have, no, but we I, I think Chad, uh, Chad was referencing that. I think that they had discussions or something. So right. maybe it was a zoom meeting or something. Right. And then so, of course, and then of course it's December. So you, you don't do anything in December. Everything shuts down for the entire month of December. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's and, on vacation. Yeah. And here we are. January Some of us who work <laughs> on posh European vacations. Yes, very on posh. The posh, couch surfing, right? So, um, yeah, so, so it, it, we, so we, we got up, the disclosure. We Carrie. opened up today, really. You know just, that, right? They did get the disclosure. We, we we got the emails and stuff, and we went through it, and um, I almost had a heart attack when I saw I how AHS was talking about me, as yeah. did my lawyers. Yeah, and we realized that this is much bigger than we had anticipated. Yeah, so. Things have gotten a little bit different. So today was basically all of the parties, uh, one of which now is the Attorney General's Office of Canada. Now they're involved. Uh, and and another couple lawyers, I'm not sure exactly who they were, but this has turned into uh, Chris Scott fighting a ticket, a speeding ticket, a public health violation ticket in court yeah. to the ad- ad- Attorney General of Canada taking an interest in the case and applying for intervener status. Um, That's right. For the purpose of deciding which, what uh, disclosure is first-party disclosure and what disclosure is third-party disclosure. So there's different rules for their, those two things. Yeah. It's all entered into evidence, but I think it's treated a little bit different. So this, yeah. this court date was basically just dealing with that. How are we going to handle this going forward? How are we going to schedule this? What are you guys going to ask for? What are you guys going to ask for? Do you all agree? Ah, yes, my friends, we all agree. And then there's Chris sitting in the pew in the gallery, uh, life on the line, yeah. watching this unfold and just nothing really happened. It's like we made a plan to make a plan to talk about the next plan we're going to make for the planning in the future planning session. And, you know, even even the judge realized how ridiculous that was. Yeah. I've never seen a judge more animated in his face. Yeah. He was he was kind of like a Fred Flintstone kind of. I'm not even sure, but it was, it was laugh, almost laughing. Um, (laughs) I I do have to say the overall mood in the courtroom was quite pleasant. Yes. Like everybody was polite, you know, we're laughing a little bit and like it just, and I know that doesn't mean anything, but I just, I, I thought that that was interesting. It wasn't just some scary experience. It was, Hey, 
you know, these are the facts. These are what are we doing? How are we going to handle it? Let's get on with our lives. Right. So that was neat. Yeah. So really that's all we can report on because they said, is there anything that we can really complete in today's session or basically, you know, really today, tomorrow or Wednesday and the crown prosecutor and your lawyers basically said, Nope, I think that's all we can do. And so now it's being pushed off until the magical date of April 12th. So there's a few things that happened before April 12th. There's, they were talking about dates that certain things had to be submitted. Um, right. Responses uh, and submissions yeah. and so yeah. responses to submissions and all sorts of things. Yeah. So all that kind of takes place. There's there's certain steps. Again, doesn't matter. But something's got to be done by the end of January. Something's got to be done by around the 10th of March. Something has to be done by the end of March. And then finally, something has to happen uh, just a few days before um, April 12th. And then on April 12th, maybe they'll actually have everything in order and they can actually do something. Right. Which is extremely important because let's talk about something else here. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't supported through crowdfunding through yes. the democracy fund and rebel media rebel news there is no way in hell that i would be able to stand up against the government and nor would almost anyone else no. so i really need people to understand <clears throat> this is almost an impossible task for one person to shoulder this like i i feel the stress of this all the time just i don't know what's happening with my life I don't yeah. know what's happening in court. Where yeah. am I going to be in five years? Where am I going to be next year? That kind of thing. But even more than that, like imagine if I had to come up with $25,000 every time every my lawyer did a new, like today would have yeah. cost me 10 grand. Oh yeah. Just, just for your lawyers. And and so we, we did say the attorney general was there uh, or the representative of the attorney general office uh, representative from the RCMP um which i believe was also the lawyer there was a lawyer from ahs um who's the other lawyer do you remember there was four of them there's two ahs lawyers oh maybe that's all uh, the attorney general's office guy and a representative for the rcmp yeah so now you might be wondering why are all these why is the attorney general there why is the representative for the rcmp there and that's because um what we've found is that it appears that the different agencies that were doing these things to me were acting in partnership and colluding to destroy me. To not shut just, me down. Yeah. Not just to shut me down, yeah. but to actually destroy me because I was making them look bad. Well, you know, I'm, why stop there? I will just continue to make them look bad. Mm. It's, it's, it's actually ridiculous what they've done <laughs> to me and thousands of other people in this country. Yeah, never mind just what's happened in Alberta. It seems uh, well interesting. I'm 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 gonna say it anyways because I don't know if it's if it shouldn't be said, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I just thought it was interesting that you got a phone call from Adam Skelly today. Ah, yes, I did. But Adam, Skelly we have not well. we have not talked to Adam pretty much since um, you were arrested, I think. And you know what? I well, I talked to him a little bit after that, and mm -hmm. we were supposed to do some stuff together, but Adam's just. He doesn't want to do anything public anymore. He just wants to live his life and raise his family. And I don't blame the guy. Yeah. yeah. Like for, yeah. for so Adam Skelly he's, he's was got from, little kids too. He's yeah. got a new, he's got a new baby. The it's going to, that baby's going to turn one right away here. But uh, yeah, Adam Skelly's in the right mind would want to do this. 
Adamson Barbecue in Toronto, and uh, he was one of the first ones to actually stay open despite uh, or in, in spite of the uh, COVID restrictions. Right. And even back then, we were all kind of, we didn't even know what was going on. And so, he said, this is ridiculous. This here, you see this, Gary? Uh, it's a, one of those counter things. It's a clicker. Clicker, yeah. Okay, so this sure. clicker, um, we got this clicker. My friend Michael Barclay got this for me. Oh, I've heard that name before. I believe it was Michael Barclay. He got this for me when we needed to count the amount of people that were coming in to our uh, Veterans Music Festival that we did at the Whistle Stop Cafe <coughs> in the summer of 2020. Yes. Um, now, if you recall, in the summer of 2020, nobody did anything. There was yeah. no music festivals, no nothing, because everyone was worried there was going to be restrictions, so nobody planned. Yeah. We did it anyway. As a matter of fact, our T-shirts on the bottom said, says, we did it anyway yeah. because we were going to do this fundraiser for the Veterans Association Food Bank and for Canpraxis um, because, well, we wanted to do something and we wanted to support good causes and nobody else was fundraising, so we did it. Anyway, he got me this because we had to click people in uh, to follow the rules, which yeah. we did. Yeah. Now, I, I, I found this today in my office and I thought, you know what I'm going to do with this? Every time we talk about or read somebody lying about someone else, we're going to click this. Okay. Wow. So it's got a one on there, so I won't click it the first time, but you mentioned Adam Skelly. Yes. Now there are people out there who say Adam Skelly is this big grifter and he just scammed a bunch of people for a whole bunch of money. You're absolutely wrong. 100% wrong. If you're believing people that are saying that you should probably, uh, um, Think twice about that. Yeah. What Adam is doing is he's still in the middle of launching a constitutional challenge um, over what they did in Ontario. He's still in that. He hasn't gone anywhere yeah. just because he's not public. He's he's still working on that. And it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. So those people that are saying that Adam just raised all this money and then he just bought this property and, and, and left. He bought some property, but he already owned property in Ontario, which he sold yeah. to buy this property. And he's doing what he said he was going to do. He just doesn't want to be in, in the public like I am. Uh, and he just wants to raise his kids. So there's one and two. Lies <coughs> about Adam Skelly. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a really, really good down-to-earth guy. Just like he's, a, he's just a regular guy. Yeah. So I'm glad he called today. I almost fell off my chair. You you stared at your phone for a second and went, "That's Adam Scully." Yeah, I was like, uh, I was like getting a phone call from a rock star or something. He's a little bit of a hero because watching those videos of him and the way he handled that, and you know, he he broke through a wall of his welding shop to get access to his restaurant yeah. to fling the doors open in the face of the Ontario Provincial Police yeah. and serve people food. Like he really, he pushed a lot harder than I did. Yeah. And again, we only heard so much because I, you know, coming from again, Manitoba and I've been kind of all over Western Canada over the last little bit. Um, it's amazing how censored we are between provinces, yeah. even though I follow uh, tons of uh, pages, say in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, I almost never see any of that stuff on uh, Facebook or uh, I guess I should be moving more into Telegram for those sorts of things. Cause at I least can't do it. We're going to show some telegram clips here a little bit later, Carrie. All right. All right. And um, yeah, because it's uh, it, it's it's just interesting that 
anybody in Ontario really knew what Adam was doing, but yet we didn't really, well, I, I certainly didn't really know what was going on initially with, with Adam um, until maybe he got a hold of you. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, that was weird how I met Adam. Um, I was cooking in the restaurant and I walked out in the dining room and there's Adam Skelly sitting at the table having a whistle stop hamburger. And again, I just about fell over backwards because <laughs> this guy's a rock star, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I met met Adam that day. And you might actually remember the the infamous photo of me and Adam Skelly and Kevin J. Johnson and Oh uh, yes, I remember and that. Eric uh yeah. from Noble Savages and who else was there? Um, I can't remember. Anyway, people use that photo to pur purport me as some sort of a I don't yeah. know, something, yeah. but uh, whatever. Yeah, we meet. We met tons of people. We met so many people throughout this whole thing, and a lot of even, really good people. Even and today, there was. We, we've there met was, a, even today. We met even people today, today. There were people there. Yes, there was. Right? Just random people that we've never met showed up. Hey, Chris, we moved from BC. We just wanted to be here for you. And I'm like, holy crap! You know, yeah. you actually took time out of your day um, to come and support me at my trial. That was awesome. Yeah. So, what I was saying is, Car Carrie and I have met a lot of people throughout this. 99% of them are really, really good people. And some of these people that are good people, um, a lot of people actually hate right now because they've never met them and they believe lies that are told about them. Yeah. I don't know if they want to believe the lies or if it's interesting or whatever, but they believe them yeah. and so they hate them. Um, but I, I, I really can't say anyone that I've met that interacting with them one-on-one -on -one as human beings it's totally fine. Even Josh Switzer, the angry Albertan. Yeah. He's not nearly as angry as as uh, as Roger Hodkinson, though. Roger Hodkinson is the new angry Albertan. But even the angry Albertan, who trashed me relentlessly for months on Facebook, said that I'm a grifter and I steal from people and I, I orchestrated this whole thing. I'm controlled opposition. I'm a psyop. All this garbage. Wait. There's, well, that's a lot of that's a lot of ticks there. Yeah. yeah. Even him. I met with him at a rally that he was holding and I just talked to him like a human being yeah. and it was fine. Like there was no hard feelings. There was no nothing. We just had a conversation. Oh, that's great. Human beings yeah. who both want better in this world. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. And you know, then online he went back with David Dixon to <laughs> trashing <laughs> us on Facebook. But my point is that's fake. Yeah. Like the face, I shouldn't say that. It's not fake. It's it's separated from reality. Yeah. Facebook stuff is separated from reality. I mean, we're really here talking to each other, but it is much different to listen to Carrie and I talk here on Facebook or even us talking to each other than it is to talk to us in person. Yes. And a lot of times these people who are being attacked viciously online, oh, let's say, I mean, our premier, mm -hmm. uh, Archer Pulowski, mm -hmm. who, who else is attacked online? Pat King's been attacked online quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, you get attacked online every now and then every but now and then most of us have yeah and it's 99.99 percent yeah that's a coincidence same amount of people who survived COVID. anyway it's 99.99 percent people who have never ever met us or interacted with us yeah 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 there's there's lots of people out in uh regina uh there's people in pei uh people in nova scotia we got our eye on you guys yeah only They're the people that are on uh, different sites just uh, slamming. Yep. Yep. It's funny though. It's funny. <laughs> Some of it it's is funny, funny. Not it's it's funny, not funny because 
um, it seems these days when anybody tries to do anything, it's not good enough for everybody and they get attacked relentlessly. And it really makes people not want to do this. Yeah. Like you, you have to either be ridiculously dumb, insanely smart and somewhat psychopathic to not care about people's feelings. Or, uh, in my case, I just, I, I see what is going to happen if nobody does anything about any of this. Mm-hmm. And that to me is far scarier than Michael Barclay pointing at the roof as he walks by me in the courthouse. It's true. You know? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, you had something to talk about, Carrie. I was going to talk about, uh, again, kind of the segue was who showed up at the, uh, the trial today. Again, you know, because we've we've gone out, you've gone out in the picker truck, and I've driven around. We've gone to uh, various various uh, uh, rallies, and uh, oh, there you go, gone to various rallies, and uh, as well as various courthouses as well. So it just so happened today that Marco and um, and Alex were there today to support you. Yeah, that was awesome because they had a long drive. They did have well, exactly, kind of the same <laughs> length of. Us going down to Lethbridge, they had to do coming up here. It works both okay. ways. <laughs> so they came up, and uh, and it was great to talk to them about. And actually, it was great to sit and actually have breakfast with them, right? Mm-hmm. Because normally you go up and you, you shake their hand, you do, uh, hey, what's going on, blah, 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 and then that's it. So it was great to be able to sit down and actually have a conversation, uh, see what's happening with their court case. And then in one of their court cases, uh, you can probably click over onto the uh, the screen now. We had uh, Joanne uh, Pearson, I believe is her. You want to click on that? There you go. Um, maybe I can zoom this. I'm going to try that. No, I guess I can't do that. Um, who was charged with possession of a weapon and mischief to property during the Coots blockade last winter has had those charges dropped. So that's great. So that's just one of a few other people that are being picked on over the uh, the Coots blockade. So, so what, what was her crime, Carrie? What was the crime, the heinous crime that she committed? I believe, didn't she have, did, was, was she the one who had the gun or the, do you know exactly what the story was? So I don't know the full story, but she was a homeowner who graciously invited people into her home yes. so they could shower and freshen up and, and sleep and whatnot and that is correct. use the washroom. Yeah. And she's a firearms owner. Yeah. That was her crime. Yeah. Existing as a human being yeah. with a firearm in her home and allowing people into her home in order to um, freshen up or whatever. Yeah. That's her crime. Yeah. Horrible crime. Yeah. And then... Continuing on the Bridge City Story News, it says the charges are in connection with the nighttime RCMP raids on her property last winter. And Christopher Liza, Chris Carbert, Anthony Linick, and uh, it says actually three of the four men, so it doesn't have uh, uh, Jerry in, uh, in there, um, are now accused of conspiring to murder RCMP officers, were sleeping in trailers on person's property at the time. Prosecutor Steve Johnson asked the judge to withdraw those uh, offenses. The 63-year-old person, Pearson, still faces a charge of dangerous driving and is set to go to trial next month. And the pick is from Facebook. It's the only pick they have of her. Wow. Anyways. So, um, 
yeah, I guess that's kind of all I wanted to talk about with that is that so we've got the uh, the, the four guys from Coots who are uh, under federal jurisdiction through RCMP. We've got uh, uh, Marco, Alex and George who are under provincial jurisdiction. And um, and again, they're out on bail. The uh, the four guys in Coots are not out on bail yet, uh, despite the fact that there's a lot of uh, push in order to do that. So a little bit of a plug, we're actually doing an Alberta Prosperity uh, Project webinar on Wednesday. Do you want me to get rid of this screen? Yeah, you can get rid of that now. And uh, we're actually talking um, with a couple of people who who will be able to give us a little bit more insight in terms of uh, the judicial system and uh, what a disaster it is right now. And uh, and even what's going on with the guys in Coots. Oh, I so, saw that. That's uh, Catherine and uh, Catherine Granny. and Granny Margaret. That's right. So that's on Wednesday um, on the APP channel. Is there an APP channel? There should be an APP channel. Well, APP streams to the Whistle Stop Cafe at the same time. Usually, that's right. Yeah. So if you if you're watching us now, chances are you'll be able to watch us on Wednesday. And likewise, they all get recorded anyway. So. So that's what's going on with that. So that's good news for Joanne. Yes. Um, but these other guys, I mean, they still got, they're going to be in court. For well, they're, they're trial dates. So Marco, George, and, um, and Alex's trial date is now April 2024. Unfriggin' believable. Not even this year. Another entire year away. So that brings up another question, something that I actually commented on in the video this morning. And uh, our friend Art disagrees with me, um, but we agree to disagree on this. So the premier, in in her campaign for leadership of the, of the UCP, um, she mentioned that she was going to do what she could to try and get people amnesty for COVID charges. Yeah. And especially the pastors, right? The pastors should have never been charged in the first place. Um she she apparently has looked into it and discovered that there's really not a lot she can do other than suggest to the crown prosecutors that it's probably not in the public's best interest or in the province's best interest to pursue these convictions mm-hmm. because the public it's, it's it doesn't benefit the public and there's a low likelihood of conviction which equals probably you should just drop it that's as far as she can go. And it's costing because, money. And it's costing money. There's supposed to be a separation between the legislative branch of government and the judi- judiciary yeah. and the Legislative. executive. Executive includes yeah. the police. Yeah. <laughs> now, in my case, um, it's become quite apparent that there was blurred lines there to the point of um, alleged collusion between the three branches Mm-hmm. in order to destroy me, to persecute me. Yeah. However, if if a sitting government interferes in the judicial process, like actually interferes, not just says, has a conversation and says, hey, you know, it's probably not a good idea to do this, but it's still your, your choice. If they actually interfere, that government will be torn down by the opposition faster than Rachel Notley will lie. Well, she's That's already she's bad. already started to try and uh, tear that down with the with the conversation about uh, what uh, Danielle actually had to say, and she's lying yeah. about it. She really is. Um, uh, 
when all this started coming out in the cam- on the campaign trail, and I heard what the what the what Danielle Smith was saying she wanted to do, I thought to myself, this doesn't make any sense because a premier isn't a governor. They can't just pardon people. It's not I was how it just works. Gonna, yeah, just going to talk about that and how the governor governor works in a state down in the, well down in the U.S. But yeah. I thought, well, you know, if the government can figure out a way to do this, then that's great. I would support yeah. that idea. Yeah. Um, our 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 friend Art, who is the leader of the Independence Party of Alberta, um, he believes there is a way for the the premier to do that, and I hope that that conversation can be had at some time because if it's possible, I would certainly like to see at least the pastors, their mm-hmm. charges all thrown out. Yeah. Uh, because with Art, his charges, his current charges that he's under house arrest for, is for his speech for the words that he said for the way he expressed himself in delivering a sermon at coots yeah so from what i understand art said like you know this this at coots here this is the this is my alamo this is the alamo for me this is the hill i'll die on not not physically and literally die but i mean I'm, i'm sure he probably would give up his life for freedom but the hill that he would die on for freedom that's and the rest of us as well i mean that's if we can't be free then what's the point right yeah so the crown prosecutor is saying that he incited people to violence even though on three separate occasions during that sermon he gave i recall him saying you know this is to be done peacefully it's not with guns or swords or knives or weapons that's right this is done by standing in solidarity with one another one another and saying no we're not going to take this yeah we're free anyway um I, I think it should, the pastors for sure, that should all be thrown out. And I'm hoping that the premier will be able to have a conversation with uh, Archer Pulowski and find out exactly, you know, what, what he thinks should be done. If something could be done, it just, it just should be. But, you know, you, you watch the, or read the CBC articles about it and it's, oh. they say, Premier Smith yeah. fails on another campaign promise. Well, no, yeah. she didn't. She that was the other person. Sorry to interrupt you there. That was the other person that was on the uh, the call ah, today. In the, yes. In the so, uh, ready. Yeah. There you go. There another go. one. Yeah, yeah. So they they were actually watching and listening in, of course, from uh, from far beyond CBC land, and obviously taking notes and then trying to do some sort of uh, report. So right. that's uh, yes. That was the missing person. The missing so, person. So the answer to Paul: What is the yeah. Fed's jurisdiction in the Alberta courts? Um, their jurisdiction is such that these men are charged with conspiracy to com- to murder RCMP officers. Yes, yep. and RCMP is a they're a part of the <coughs> executive branch of government, and they're federally they're, they're federally handled. So yep. that's why it's a federal matter. Now I should point out, as scary as that sounds, this whole conspiracy to commit murder, as far as I know, is. Uh, people commenting or texting the same thing that we hear how many times in a day or in a week in our lives, which is, you know, comments like, Oh, you know, I would totally do this. If I had the chance or I would totally do that. Yeah. People saying stupid things that they would never actually do because they're mad. They're that upset. Yeah. And, and that's why that's part of the reason why these guys are in jail. Hopefully that gets sorted out soon. Cause this is getting absolutely ridiculous. No trial. And almost a year in jail. Yes, that is the big thing. And I, I 
their uh, their trial date isn't until July of this year, right? And they've actually gone through quite a number of uh, lawyers, and um, it, it's just the more the longer this goes on, the more ridiculous the story seems to get. Yes. Right. And and again, it's it's pulling their families apart. So one of them doesn't talk to their daughter anymore uh, or the daughter, I guess, doesn't talk to dad. Um, their uh, their businesses are pretty much toast because they're not there um, again. Their home life. They've just missed Christmas. Uh, they've obviously missed birthdays within this year. Um, if you're a mother or father, imagine being pulled away from your family for a year. Yeah. And for out of the blue, really. And right? watching them watching them turn against you because yeah. of how it's impacting their life. Could you imagine that? I can't. I cannot imagine that, actually. That's worse than jail. Yeah. And I'm not even sure exactly how much communication they get. So I do know that, uh, that people have been sending letters, which is amazing. Um, maybe I'll post something that says uh, exactly how to, how to go about do that uh, to, to each one of them. And um, and they have received them, and they have come come back through a few people to say thank you very much for that. Uh, I know uh, your friend, our friend uh, Bob Leon, has actually talked um, to at least one, anyways. And I believe he may have actually gone to the courthouse to, or uh, to the uh, remand center to actually talk to him. At least it sounds like that. So um, they are, I guess, having some privileges. But again, it's just like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. This this kind of chokes me up even when I'm talking about it. Because again, I can't even imagine being in that situation and and not even, like having the, the rug literally pulled from underneath you and not knowing- Your entire the life. Part. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, you know what their crime is? Their horrible, horrible crime that causes them to be locked away in jail without a trial and without bail away from their families destroying their lives the horrible crime they committed was standing up against a yeah. tyrannical government yeah. standing up for themselves yeah. that's their crime yeah. and that is the worst crime you can commit in canada is right. anything that questions or stands up against yeah. uh, or disobeys the government the worst crime yeah. i mean in the time these guys have been in jail how many stories have we heard about people who have committed violent crimes against other people, yeah. but not the government. Yeah. And they're treated with due process and allowed out on bail. And how many of them have actually reoffended while out on bail? Yeah. And yet these men are still in jail because, because why? Because the police officers say uh, it might put them at risk if they have to go and rearrest them. Yeah, I, I, I'm reading in the comments here a couple of things, and it's true. Uh, uh, Chris Carbert actually had his dad pass away on him. Uh, well, he yes, yeah. So that's that's yeah, even more right. like that's yet another blow. And what kind of a what kind of a, a system denies a man the the last moments with his father? Like, is this not something that we should actually have some compassion on for anybody in jail if they're losing a loved one? They should be allowed to go and be there with them. Well, but but what happens if he had COVID? He can't. He can't go there. Can't go there if he Fuck had COVID. COVID. I know. Pardon me. That was. I didn't, that mean, was I didn't mean to say that. Sarcasm on my end. There you go. Was that? Does that count? Yeah. Sarcasm yeah. on my end because obviously, how many people have we lost 
that in nursing homes over the last couple of years in which they uh, the people couldn't actually even go and see their their grandfathers, their parents, or that's a crime. Yes, that Those, should be, there is no remedy be, for that. They should be locked up for that. There's no, there's no remedy. There's no way you get the, that's the one thing we can never get back in this life. And that's time. Once yeah. time's gone, it's gone. And we're never getting it back. Yeah. Look at all the time that's being wasted on these things. We're never getting this time back. Yeah. Well, uh, should we move on? <laughs> there's always more to talk about. Oh, <laughs> My goodness, there is. Hey, you know, you, you mentioned how things are getting crazier and weirder or whatever. Yeah, or that's, something that's like typically that. what I say. Yeah. Well, hold on. I need one of those, too, before I get into this. Do you not have one? Oh, there you go. Good man. So I just found out today that not only are people like my friend Mike lying about me and saying that I steal from veterans and that I'm a scam artist and a fraudster and, and a grifter and all these things. Yeah. I just found out today a uniformed police officer gave a speech in which he referred specifically to me as the biggest fraudster and scam artist in Alberta. A uniformed RCMP officer yeah. said that about me. Now, if you go back through my Facebook stuff, I've been a thin blue line guy support the troops. I have a vet, uh, support our troops license plates. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have a huge amount of respect for the men and women who's, who serve in any capacity in our country. I've stood up for police when, uh, they were going through the defund this defund that, yes, you know, right. yeah. um, I've been ridiculed for my support of police and, and my, my claim that 99% of them are good and don't let one bad apple spoil it. And here I find myself in a situation where a uniformed police officer, who I believe to be my friend, by the way, is saying these things about me publicly and convincing other people mm -hmm. of the same. And that not much rattles me, but that actually shook me when you, I heard that. You were, you were shaken today. Notice I really that. was. It was a it was a rough day. I had I found that out and. You know, I'm running this through my head thinking like these people are supposed to be there for us. They're supposed to protect us. They're supposed to be impartial. Yeah. And they're out there turning people against me, still trying to destroy me, trying to get other people to persecute me. Mm -hmm. Like to what end? Yeah. You know? And then, you know, Michael was there with the bird flipping. And Did you, did you do the counter there? Did you do the counter for the RCMP officer? Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. That broke it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, definitely a very weird day. And then, you know, to have that little bit of altercation with Bob. Um, you know, Bob and I have been friends since throughout this whole thing. He's one of the first people to phone me when I opened my restaurant up. And it's just, it's a difficult thing because neither of us are going to back down from our position. Neither of us will be bullied into submission. No. And that's a that's a bit of a powder keg waiting to go off. But uh, yeah, it's strange, strange days. Yeah. But I, I guess we just keep doing what we do and we try and find common ground, even if we disagree on other things and move forward to a free and prosperous Alberta, which is what we both want in the end. 
you know, oh. one, of the, one of the things I actually kind of liked about today was that, uh, again, we were walking from the uh, courthouse to the casino, to the casino, of course. And who, yeah. who is this lone figure that we see in the far distance with a tie? Oh, it was our friend. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, Art. Pastor Art is walking towards us. He uh, he drove up from uh, from Calgary to kind of to support Chris. And um, we obviously had a good conversation. Then we went inside and had breakfast. And then after this, uh, this uh, heated exchange between Chris and Bob happened, um, and you guys had kind of made up at that point anyways. But Oh, yeah, we hugged him. But, but you get uh, Pastor Art uh, having some uh, words of wisdom, some uh, – some good words of God, and um, and I I thought that was that was so good to have him there, and you know he's got a thousand and one stories, right? He's talking about uh, the David and Goliath story, and uh, and then he brought up you know like Chris, you know people will be slamming you forever, and you just got to rise up and be a bigger man. And then he tells the story about people that are slamming him right now, right? Uh, yeah, I I brought I actually brought this up. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, people are saying, I guess I'll let me start by saying this. People may not agree with art. They may not agree with his religion. They may not agree with his tactics. They may not agree with him um, pushing back against COVID restrictions or, you know, doing criminal activities such as reading the Bible in public yeah. or other civilly disobedient crimes like feeding the homeless, which he has actually been arrested for um, years ago <laughs> before COVID. Yeah. You might not agree with the man on these things, but I'll tell you something. He's a man. He is just a man, just like you. Well, I mean, you may not be a man. You might be a woman. Yeah. Um, but he's no different. He's a human being, and he's imperfect. But there's there's people out there. They make all these wild accusations against him, these wild claims. And I read these things, and I'm like, this person has obviously never met Art. because, And I, I will admit um, before I met Art, I read lots of stuff in the news about him and saw lots of uh, like CBC stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, who's this guy? I don't want to be involved with this guy. Sounds like a pretty bad dude. But then I had the opportunity to meet him and I realized it was just a bunch of dramatic bullshit that they were using to try and squash him. Yeah. He's none of those things. Yeah. And now people are continuing it. They're continuing it. And I think it's because if you are a completely insignificant human being and you feel like you have nothing to offer and you want to be important, but you don't know how, I think sometimes some people, they just attack other people yeah. and make up these stories and fabricate lies so that people will pay attention to them and listen to what they're saying. And then they feel important because people are listening to them. Well, I'm not putting up with that crap any longer mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what side it comes from um you know i've gotten heat from my friends for not agreeing with them we we've had disagreements um but we got to stop this idea that we 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 have to stop worrying about offending each other to the point of conceding into um what we don't believe in right yeah yeah so this dude Hold on a sec. I'm just going to really fire up this clicker. Okay. Get that ready. It's ready. Oh, shoot. That's my mouse hand. So this guy, this one's for you, hungry trucker who's not so hungry. And I don't make fun of him not looking like he's hungry because he's fat like me. I say that because 
it's very suspicious that he calls himself a hungry trucker, but he doesn't look hungry. So that must mean that he is a lizard person from Mars who is controlled by George Soros. Yes. And owned by Bill Gates. And also he's half computer. <laughs> and a psyop. Uh, yeah. Anyway, here we go. Uh, caution. Bullshit are you, warning. Are you sharing? Hardcore oh, bullshit coming. You're sharing a screen? Okay. I'm sharing a screen. Here it comes. Okay, go ahead. So I was sent this. Yeah. Uh, it's a telegram message that the hungry trucker is spreading about my friend, Archer Pulowski. Yeah. It reads, Archer Pulowski facts. First lie. Not a real pastor. No education, not ordained or certified. He, he is One, certified. One, two, three. Yep. Ordained. Uh, Art is certified as a reverend. Yep. As a pastor, um, there's another one too. Uh, chaplain, chaplain, yeah, he has the documents to back it up. And so, I'm going to say the hungry trucker is a dirty liar, yeah, for that. Uh, involved in a dollars for Jesus scam, not a clue. People say <clears throat> people have a problem with the collection plate at church for some reason now. I don't have a problem with the collection plate at church because it's the collection plate at church that runs the church. Uh, Archer Pulowski and his church don't receive any money from the government for their church, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, the government took his charitable uh, his charitable status as a church because he they didn't like how he talked about abortion, yeah. homosexuality, and there's another one. I, I can't remember what the third one was. But anyway, the government took his charitable status away because they didn't like the way he spoke about certain hot topics. Now, whether you agree with him on those uh, items or not is not the point. The point is that the federal government punished Art and his church because they had different views than the government. Yeah. That's extremely concerning. The Hungry Tucker should be more concerned about that than people supporting a church with their dollars and the dollars for jesus scam um i think he's implying dollars for salvation have a conversation with art and you will quickly find out that he and he will tell you that the only way to salvation is through grace through the blood of blood of christ and nothing else mm -hmm. uh former polish mafia i don't know about that let's ask him next time we see him carrie Actually, uh, I would read that as maybe he's Polish mafia. Oh, that's probably what it is. Yes, he worked for the shoe shining company as that's a Polish it. mafia. Yeah, there you go. So that could whether, be that could be true. Whether or not he was Polish mafia, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, if he was, I'm I'm excited to hear some stories because I bet you there's some good ones. Yeah, I haven't heard any stories about that yet. Oh, let me. I'm not going to click that one yet. Okay. Okay. On to the next one and the yeah. most dramatic one. At 24, he married a 12-year-old child. That's quite a bold claim from the hungry trucker who seems to have an interest in um, the wives and girlfriends of everyone that he trashes. But anyway, let's get past that. Did you know that Art and his wife are the same age? I asked Art, yeah. how come your wife looks so much younger than you? He's taking a poke at Art. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, she, I look older than her. Um, 
or what did what did you say? <laughs> I look older than her because, um, you know, she I, looks, I have, she looks I, younger. Than, she looks younger than him because she lives with him. And yeah, he looks, right. he looks older than she is because he's he lives with her. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, yeah. um, again, I have a feeling that the hungry trucker is jealous that yeah. Art has a wife who has a youthful appearance. So yeah. let's just do one of these. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, uh, they, life, they are the same age. Just they are the same age. Yeah. Art and his wife are the same age. I, yeah. Are they born on the same day? Is it the same birthday? <sighs> He did say that today, but I think he actually meant the same year. I, I could be wrong on that, but that would okay. be quite quite coincidental. Uh, well, I believe, I believe he just turned fifty. Is that right? I think maybe, that's. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Or maybe he's. We'll 50. ask him next time we see him. Okay. How I'm actually going to go and, and visit say, him and do a. We'll talk about this as well. He'll say, "How old are, do you think I am?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, uh, "No hablas inglés, señor." <laughs> Okay, lifelong religious fraud. Uh, I'm not even going to comment on this. I'm just going to go like this. Because yeah. if you have a conversation with Art about anything to do with religion or Christianity, um, the man's not a fraud. He, he knows what he's talking about. He's done the work, and he's continuing to do the work as far as I can see. Yeah. Exploits homeless people with food donations to get more church followers and donations with his brother. Exploits homeless people with food donations. I'm not quite sure how that would be exploiting by giving them food. Uh, I, I don't know. He Maybe wants... he's, is he talking about luring them to church or something? I, I, I'm not quite sure. I've served uh, at street church with art. Yeah. And the only thing I can say about that is that anybody who comes there can eat. And they can stay right. for the sermon or they don't. It's up to them. I've never seen Art or his brother, uh, David, or anybody for that matter, pushing anyone into anything in particular. It's only, you know, hey, thank you for coming. Have some food. We love you. We hope you yeah. hear our sermon. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, I don't know how that's exploiting any anyone. I can say without a doubt that people like this hungry trucker are exploiting people's desire for drama and if they don't like art this guy the hungry trucker is exploiting their desire for art to be a bad guy so their dislike for him can be justified so we'll give it another one of these sure and let's move on <laughs> to the next oh that's so holy bad. smokes there's more yeah wow so it reads archer Pulowski facts Still facts. Exploits homeless people. Uh, owns three homes side by side and rents a $3,000 a month, month church and supports his and his brother's family with church donations. Okay. First off, um, I didn't know this until I actually took the time to sit down and talk to him, but Art used to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. The man used to be very, very, very wealthy. He had a, a construction company, did property development. He owned lots of properties around Calgary. I think he still owns, does he still own the three? That I don't know. I can't remember. I think he still owns one or two or maybe three homes uh, of which he's mortgaged a whack of times over the last few years just to keep going. Yeah. Um, the church does not cost 3000 Oh, wait. Does not cost $3,000 a month. It costs 4000 And supports his brother's family. His, his brother's family. Church of donations. 
when you're a pastor, your entire life is supported through donations. That's how you you earn your income. People sure. give, they tithe, um, they put money in the collection plate and it pays your salary and you do a job and people like the job you're doing and they continue to come to your church and they continue to support you. Yeah. That's how a pastor gets paid. So I'm not going to give a click for that one. I'm just going to say, if you don't know that about uh, a, a church or a pastor, um, I, I I just don't, I don't even know where to go with that, but mm -hmm. hopefully I've enlightened. Yeah. enlightened and he does say uh, he, he supports his brother's family. Uh, and I, I know David still does construction. He does painting. Uh, Every time I go there, he's always working. He's always working. Art's son has actually even uh, uh, painted for him for uh, a number of months ah, too. So yes, that's how he bought his uh, brand his new luxurious? luxury German mo, German sedan, German luxury sedan. <laughs> yeah, his eight thousand dollar BMW that his yeah. son bought yeah. by working for it. Anyway, apparently I buy fifty thousand dollar race horses for my kids too. But apparently, yeah. So I'm going to go, did I click already? Um, I did, yeah. I'm not going to click anymore because if a pastor uh, is supported through the church, I that's not a problem. Yeah. So moving on, violated public health orders with crisis acting to get more supporters and donations. Art did what Art does. He held church, fed the poor, and he didn't allow the government to tell him not to. Yeah. Even before, actually, I've got his uh, his DVD here somewhere. I'm ah, look. yes. I'm going to look because I, I know I had it fairly handy. Um, no, probably not handy. Not handy enough. But uh, there was a, a DVD created, and it actually talks about stuff that um, uh, how his church was formed or what he did. This is well before COVID. Like that thing's got to be like 2006 or something, 2008, I'm sure. Yeah, he's been he's been at this quite a while. Yeah, yeah. So specifically violated public health orders with crisis to get more supporters. Uh, just specifically for that? No, I don't think so. Uh, I suppose I would concede that at times he was a little bit overly dramatic. Mm -hmm. uh, and he'll tell you that too, but... What he says is, if the government is going to act like Nazis, he's going to act like they're Nazis. You know, he's, he's going to call them out. He's going to call them out for what they're doing. Yeah. You might agree with it. You might not. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's certainly no, I don't think it's any reason to persecute the man. Yeah. Uh, engages in scams, bullying, and harassment with his brother. Okay. Now, this one here, I hope Art forwards this, this to his lawyer. Because what this guy, the hunger trucker, is saying is that Art is participating in illegal things like scams, bullying, and harassment with yeah. his brother. So, I would, I would tell this uh, this this liar, if he has any actual real evidence of this besides these ridiculous thoughts that move through his uh, head in one ear and out the other, he should report them to the RCMP and use the proper channels to have them dealt with because. Those things are illegal. What do you think, Kerry? Yeah, absolutely. No. Should he call the cops and say, hey, I have evidence of this and then just deal with it? He, I have the feeling that he won't only because he's, he's focused on other things. But no, no, I'm talking about, I think the hungry trucker. 
shit oh, the cops. Oh say, yeah. Hey, yeah. This is what's going on. Oh, and that's I'm, true too. I, I want to report it. And here's the evidence. Yeah. yeah. He won't. No, he because won't. he doesn't have it. That's because right. it's not happening. There is no evidence there. Okay. Now involved in an Alberta separatist party connected to George Soros. I just read that. Google Wexit, Peter Downing, Atlantic Council. <laughs> I got to take this off the screen <laughs> before I scream. <laughs> this oh. guy is so misguided and so delusional. I, I can't Don believe that the five people that watch him when he goes live watch him. Is the 100 trucker in BC? No idea. Mm. I don't I'm know where look. he is. Yeah. In La La Land, as far as I can tell. So Art Pulowski is the leader of the Independence Party of Alberta, a political party that's concerned with the path Alberta's on and knows that the only way for Alberta to be prosperous going forward is to stand up and speak the truth and have a, a referendum on independence that can be used either as leverage against the federal government in negotiating a better uh, deal for Alberta or as a mandate to unilaterally leave the sinking ship that we call Canada yeah. and get on with our lives as Albertans. That's what the Independence Party of Alberta is about. Um, it is not funded by George Soros. Uh, it has nothing to do with the original Wexit folks. Yeah. Um, I think Peter Downing may have at one point been involved, but hasn't been for a long time. Same with Dave Bjorkman. Bjorkman, yeah. No, he's Neither not are involved. Yeah. Completely yeah. new party, completely new thing. Yeah. And I'm, you know what? I'm even going to close this window off my other screen because I just I don't want to look at it. <laughs> so uh, that was another one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. Where are we at? Yeah, I've never, I've, I've never seen. Should be more. I've never seen George Soros at any of our meetings. That'd never be neat, a, though. Never I'd done like a meet the guy. Oh, he's like, a dirty Nazi. He'd look like. Was it Raiders of the Lost Ark when when uh, that guy's face melts? Is that uh, is that kind of what he looks like? That's exactly what he looks like. Yes. <laughs> sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no so, truth to Davos plan either. With with what I've just said about art, this isn't a commercial for art. It's not an advertisement for him. What this is is an encouragement. If you don't like the man, that's fine. Um, but base your opinions on fact and truth, not on bullshit lies from some attention-seeking nobody. Like, if you have problems with art based on his policy recommendations or whatever, tell it to his face. Yeah. If you don't like him because he's a Christian, tell him that to his face. But don't make stuff up um, because you dislike one part of the guy. It's not fair to him. It's certainly not fair to you. And, and really, it's not fair to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that goes for anyone for that matter. Daniel Smith, same thing. If you don't like the fact that she didn't pardon everyone that got a COVID ticket in Alberta, um, comment on that. Like, just because she couldn't do that does not mean she's a globalist puppet or someone's paying her or pulling her strings. It means take it at face value. People are trying to do what they're trying to do, and sometimes it doesn't work. With that said, yes. Um, the one issue that I have with this entire UCP government right now is their willingness to throw Alberta to the wolves 
by participating in the federal government's path to net zero. That really bothers me a lot. Because this whole climate change argument is a lie. You can tell it is because Rachel Notley promotes it. And to hear our government, our conservative government, talking about it as if it's a, a even a reasonable path, mm -hmm. is tough. It's tough for me to swallow. It really we, is. We really need to have uh, Danielle on the show and ask her those types of questions. I think we need yeah. to find out. Um, figuratively from the horse's mouth what is what is her stance on it and uh because i do have some concerns about anything dealing with the wef the uh uh and any any sort of you know whether it's climate change net zero any of those acronyms that they they say for any of that because uh, again we've done uh, alberta prosperity project webinars with uh with some scientists that are debunking a lot of that stuff and uh, and I've done a lot of research and one of the things that I get get uh, asked quite a bit is um, you know how do you how do you find out about this stuff or, or are you just one of those guys that just sits around and, and reads uh, or listens to uh, YouTube videos and all that and no I don't we get stuff sent to us like hourly if not minutely we get so much stuff sent to us and you know what this is kind of my job now so while people are actually going out and doing their jobs, if you want to think of it that way, they're, you know, they're, they're working in a restaurant, they're working oil field, they're working in an office, whatever they need to do. While that is happening, Chris and I are having conversations with people and, and looking at all this stuff so that you don't have to. We're kind of parsing through this stuff. And maybe it's slightly biased for certain things, but only because the other side is so like, it, it doesn't even make any sense to be going in that direction. It doesn't, it's completely the opposite of what we should be doing. I've been, I've been reading some of the, uh, these, these university, um, uh, seminars talking about climate change and uh, sustainability, you know, that sort of stuff. And I'm reading it and there's, they don't cite any sources of, um, uh, of science to say this is exactly what's going on. Or if they do, there's a lot of stuff that can be debunked. And of course, I've said this numerous times, but one of the one of the favorite ones is they always go back to, well, 1880, um, you know, we, we only had, uh, say, 100 um, weather stations around North America at that point, right? So of course, you're going to get something, say, in New York State that is a high or a low. And now, you get weather stations everywhere. Like on every top building, there, there's got to be a weather station. So of course you're going to get different readings than they were way back when. And and to me, are we getting feedback? To me, that is definitely something that says, wait a minute. It's not the fact that it's getting hotter or colder or there's just change. It's just we're able to record it a little bit better. We're able. I don't. To I don't hear you echoing. Well, that's okay. I can hear myself echoing. Uh, but we're we're hearing uh, not hearing we're uh, we're we we have better instrumentation, we have more instrumentation, and uh, and so of course we're going to be able to get better uh, results when we're actually looking at these. And and you know one of the uh, the guys that we were going to have on our show, and of course I forgot his name off the top of my head. I hate when I do that. Um, his concern is that we're we're doing temperature testing on surface surface area. 
uh, or at the surface. So if you can imagine how much change has happened since 1880 to, to now, and guess where they're actually recording most of the temperatures at the airports. Well, there was an airport. There wasn't in 1880. There was no asphalt in 1880. So of course things are going to get hotter. Cities were around. If you go downtown in a city, come downtown at the stampede in a, in a hot July uh, uh, afternoon, and it is 37 degrees out on the pavement versus it's probably only 29 degrees in ambient uh, air. And that's the other argument is that why are we not taking consistent temperatures, maybe even uh, a thousand feet up or anything like that. So there's a lot of, a lot of those things that can be debunked by just, uh, by just using a little bit of common sense, but also looking into how they're actually doing these, uh, these um, recordings. You know what I find interesting? What's that? The earth was about 1.5 degrees warmer 450 years ago. Yes, and things were greener. Before and, you the know, Industrial green, Revolution. Green is actually a good thing too, right? That means that we're getting more plants. More CO2 in the atmosphere is good for plants. So we can actually thrive and we can actually have more crops for more people. Anyways, I know there's a few people pounding on the keyboard saying, no, no, that's not. Well, we the need less people. I thought we got to get rid of everybody. Well, we will. Uh, at, at this rate, we probably are. Hmm. Anyway. So um, somebody mentioned, actually, a friend of ours mentioned that there's evidence that Daniel Smith is connected to the WEF. Hmm. No, there isn't. If there is, show me the evidence. Not a note from somebody saying Daniel Smith is WEF, but evidence that she is connected to the WEF. While you're at it, send me evidence that Pierre Polivier is connected to the WEF. Not that he went to a meeting, because most politicians did before anybody realized that they were a, what they are. If there's no real evidence of that, there's no real evidence regardless of how much you want it to be true. I do not think that the premier of Alberta is tied to the WEF at all. Mm -hmm. I think that some of the things the government is putting into policy and some of the past they're taking are carbon copies of what the WEF and the United Nations want us to do mm -hmm. in their pursuit of sustainable development, but connected to them? No, not at all. But... Feel free to prove me wrong and show me the evidence. Yeah. And then I'll say I'm wrong. That sounds just like uh, what we should be saying in court. Show us oh, the evidence. We haven't even had a chance to put any evidence forth yet. No, I know. And that may that may take months and months and years and years. Mm -hmm. Not a well. Yeah. So I've made a decision, Carrie. Tell me. Do you know how much it's going to cost me to try and get remedy from these people that are saying these horrible things about me? Like in terms of a libel, like suing somebody for slander, etc. Yep. Well, it's definitely it's uh, knowing full well it's got to be at least ten grand just to file the paperwork. It's ten thousand dollars just to start. Yeah. Expecting about fifty thousand bucks, which I don't have. However. With what's going on um, 
if this continues and it's allowed to run rampant unchecked, yeah, I will become a social pariah in this province. I won't be able to do business. My business is already suffering. And it's because people are lying about me. So I have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So I will be selling the Whistle Stop Cafe. What do you mean? I mean, I'll be selling it. You can't you can't sell it. Who's going to buy it? That's all I have left. That's all I have. To get to where I am, I had to remortgage my house. Yeah. Now I'm I owe 110% of its value. Yeah. I've had to liquidate most of my assets of which I still am doing. Yeah. And I have no money left to pull out of my butt to pursue any kind of legal stuff. So if I want to have any any hope going forward of salvaging my life, I have to start getting on the offensive and holding some of these people accountable for what they're doing because it's bullshit. I will not go down without a fight. And they're picking a fight with me. So what, what else can I do? Now, as crappy as that sounds that I'm going to sell the Whistle Stop Cafe, um, that does not mean that I have to sell it to just anybody. So I'm planning to sell the Whistle Stop Cafe maybe to a thousand people who want to own something like this uh, with me yeah. or without me, whatever. Maybe I'll have to sell the whole thing. Yeah. But under no circumstances will I allow that place to become any less than it is now. Um, I will not allow it to become an average everyday restaurant ever again where people just go for coffee. I am going to keep make sure that place, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to make sure that place is a beacon of hope and freedom for everybody who know what's going on. And if that means I can't own it anymore and I have to share ownership or give up ownership to freedom-minded individuals who believe in this, who believe in what we're doing, then that's what I'll do. I have no problem with that. I don't, people have this idea that I coordinated and orchestrated this all just so that I could have a business and so I could be wealthy or have all these things. Well, it's the in, it's exactly the opposite. When I started this, I knew that it was a path to financial ruin. I knew it. And that's where that's where I'm going. Yeah. But it doesn't have to happen the way that the people that hate me want it to happen. They want to see the place fail to the point where the doors are shuttered and it goes to auction. I go bankrupt, lose everything, and I'm on the streets. That's what they want to see. That's not going to happen. That's cruel. To even think that yeah but that's the reality i'm not gonna let that happen if i can't own that place it's gonna be owned with all the people who supported us and and believed in us and and see what we're doing and 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 understand why we're doing it have you put uh, any real thought into it in terms of how you would go about divvying it up or anything yeah i've been thinking about it for a couple weeks yeah. And I got some stuff to I got I got some stuff to run through the lawyer. Um, we got to set it up properly so that because you know what's going to happen. You know, as soon as as this uh, goes public, people are going to be oh, Chris is trying to scam. He's trying to do this. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. I, I'm trying to make sure that the Whistle Stop Cafe continues on, with yeah. or without me. Yeah. And uh, that's what we'll do. You remember what I being... said? You remember what my hat said? That lady brought in those hats early on. My whistle stop hat. What do you used to say? I don't remember off the top of my. No. It says we're stronger together. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So I've been shouldering 
the the bur the burden of the West Stop Cafe um, of the business, along with my my sister and and actually quite a few people who have become like family, helping out around there. Mm. I've been shouldering a lot of that, and especially the financial aspect, um, on my own. Not on my own because lots of people have helped, but I really think that if we if I move this to a more like a community business, like, like a, a community owned business. Yeah. I think that that model for that place is more fitting than just me owning this piece of property. Yeah. People were just saying like, how would you divide it into shares or would it be a co-op? Uh, and, and honestly, even, you know, this is kind of, we had briefly talked about that, but I didn't really even know that this was going to be any announcement. So of course this has kind of hit me hard too. But I'm just kind of thinking that uh, my big concern was, let's say you divide it up into a thousand shares of a thousand dollars each, just as as a number, just for simplicity. My concern would be if uh, you have, without a vetting process and having somebody just come along and buy up a whole bunch of shares and then find out it's actually the Alberta government and they want to shut you down and they're just going to buy these shares and uh, and veto or basically close it down. I don't know. So there are there are things that I think that should be discussed for sure. I'm not so naive to think that everybody that's going to want to buy a piece is uh, supportive. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some people that want to buy a piece of this and just want to make trouble. But yeah. I'll tell you right now, the way this is going to be structured, if you're that person, yeah. Um, there'll be a clause in there. You'll be ejected from ownership and you won't get your money back period. Yeah. yeah. So just don't do it. If you don't support the idea, if you don't want to be, you know, if you don't want to own part of what this whistle stop cafe has become, don't do it because yeah. you're not going to succeed yeah. and nobody will like you for it. You're not going to be a hero. Yeah. There are way, way more of us yeah. who believe in freedom and prosperity than those who don't Yeah. period. Somebody just posted, you could probably even put this up there. <clears throat> uh, surely you don't believe that there are so many people against you that it's worth letting go. Um, so if, if people don't really know kind of how far I'm involved with uh, the Whistle Stop, I do uh, a lot of the social media. I, I'm, I, you know, I kind of have my hands in doing a bunch of different things actually at the Whistle Stop. And I can tell you right now that Chris's trolls are relentless and his his uh his dms are loaded with uh as someone would say the psychopaths they are uh absolutely rid ridiculous um and it wears on you it absolutely wears you i have no idea how you even go through this over and over and over yeah i get picked on a well little bit, but i i do it very imperfectly a lady yeah. phoned the cafe the other day and proceeded to ask me the same I'm going to say it because it's yeah, really yeah, stupid yeah. questions. What did you do with the donation money? How are you buying all of these things? How did you enjoy your posh European vacation? Fuck off. Yeah. Like these questions are so stupid. Yeah. They've been answered a million times. Um, like, and then goes on to say things like, where did you get your bison? Did you find it in the ditch? Did you hit it with your yeah. car? Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. You know, you know where I got my bison? A guy who spent his entire life built an empire from nothing and then watched 
an immigrant. Watched yeah. what was happening in this country, yeah. and it, like it made him cry. It almost broke the guy. Yeah, that guy came to the Whistle Stop Cafe to offer his support, and we became really good friends. And while he was fighting cancer, had his own problems, he was doing everything possible to make sure that I was encouraged and supporting me when I needed it, yeah. and 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 just motivate me to keep going while he was dying of cancer this yeah. guy yeah and in the in the process of his life he like he started a dairy and then he started bison ranching and then he had a big processing facility and he did really well um he really believes in the bison industry i mean it's an excellent product it's healthy it's mm -hmm. you can do it you can farm more naturally than the equivalent uh pound per pound of beef he really believed in it. And the very last thing this man did before he died was he made sure that the bull that he bought was getting processed and would be delivered to the Whistle Stop Cafe so that I could do bison specials wow. as long as I could yeah. and make sure people knew how amazing that product was. Yeah. That's where my bison came from. A federally inspected facility, all on the up and up. And this lady has the gall to say, where did you find it? In a ditch? Yeah. And then, get this, Carrie. Now, I don't know this for sure, but a day later, a lady came in. Oh, I should I'll probably, full yes. disclosure, the conversation yeah. ended like this. She was going off on me, berating <laughs> me, calling me all these names, and I said, no, please don't stop. You're, you're really turning me on here, lady. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, this is doing it for me. Just keep going. And she said, ah, oh, you're disgusting and hung up. So mission accomplished. <laughs> anyway, I didn't make friends with her. No. The next day, a young lady came in and was asking about the bison, wanted to buy some bison. So I'm thinking, oh, this is interesting. This is great. You know, people want this product. Um, I've had it there for a while. Hardly anyone asks about it. We just do it as specials. Yeah. So I sold her some bison. And then all of a sudden, I get a phone call. Well, the restaurant gets a phone call from AHS asking about my bison. Am I selling uninspected bison? Because they're getting all sorts of complaints that I'm selling uninspected bison. Wow. And my response, had I sent the email, would have been, um, you're pandering and, and you're, you're, you're being played. Yeah. by people who are accusing me of a crime selling un uninspected meat in this province is a crime yeah you, they're accusing me of a crime you're taking it as at, at face value and now you're coming to me and making me prove my innocence yeah. well if that's the case did you take those people's information because if they're phoning an enforcement agency and lying about my business yeah. i'm gonna sue the shit out of them yeah the dirty bastards so either they have evidence that I'm selling uninspected meat or they don't. And they don't because I'm not stupid. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, that, that was my latest troll. And I, 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 it didn't click at the time when this lady was buying the bison, but afterwards I thought, aha, they're trying to, they're trying now they're coming to my restaurant and actually trying to get me. Yeah. So kudos to that lady for doing that. You have would have been, balls of would, steel. Lady. I was going to say it would have been great had they actually made bison burgers off of it because I think they would have really enjoyed it. I hope they did. 
I really hope they did because that it's so good. Those bison burgers are so good. Uh, we're we're probably going to just put it on the menu. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, it's a great. I love bison. Yeah, I love elk too. There's they elk do. burgers, elk burgers in uh, in Banff too. Yummy. The elk industry has been all but decimated. I actually had someone come in and we talked quite a bit about this yeah. um, because of chronic wasting disease. Oh, really? Now, if you're familiar with the chronic wasting disease, um, it's kind of making its way across, I want to say, North America. Yeah. And it's affecting herds of not only elk, but deer. And I think maybe caribou as well. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't affect humans. Um, it causes the animals some problems and they end up having shortened lives. But for human consumption, there's nothing dangerous. There's no problem with it. It's just, it is what it is. It's a part of nature. Yeah. Uh, but the government has all but regulated elk farming out of existence because of this. And that hurt a lot of people. Um, it's just one more instance of government interference where they didn't have to stick their dirty fingers yeah. that caused a bunch of problems. Now, if you think about the those industries, elk farms, by uh, bison farms, deer farms, uh, all of those kind of the game meats. Yeah. They all have a lot of evidence to suggest that they're an excellent supplement to your diet, right? If you don't, if you don't want to eat a lot of, uh, if you're, if you're going to eat red meat and you're worried about, you know, fat and that kind of stuff, yeah. eat bison. Because yeah. it's extremely lean. It's really, yeah. really, really good for you. But we it's it's almost regulated to the point where you can't do it. Or pardon me, elk. Yeah. You know. Anyway, that was quite the tangent. I totally didn't mean to talk about any of that stuff. That's okay. <laughs> yes, it always is. <laughs> yeah. So we're an hour and twenty minutes in. On our short live. <laughs> I don't think we can do a show that's less than an hour. We should we should really try that. I'm gonna have to put one of those little timer things. Think, and good uh, question. And... Yes. Oh, yes. I would have just given them some. Yeah. So for those on the uh, the podcast, can you put that back up again? Um, uh, so yeah. we do the the video podcast as well as we do just the audio podcast on Spotify. And of course, when you get these little uh, tidbits showing up on the screen, uh, I should actually read them because then we start talking about them and people are <laughs> listening to it and going, what did it say? What did it say? So this one says, curious, did AHS staff spend taxpayer money to buy themselves bison meat? Question mark. Yes. So here's what I would say about the bison. If you yeah. want to try some bison and yeah. you and you legitimately can't afford it, yeah, come and see me and I will give you some. Give you a pound? Is there a joke in that? <laughs> How about a kilogram? That that works better. Yes, give you a half. A give you half a kilogram. Yeah. Next half thing a, you know, I'll have half the a, half a kilo. <laughs> next thing you know, we'll have the pound me too. Thing all over the page <laughs> hashtag pound that's that's pound pound yeah it's pound <laughs> uh it's an internet joke okay ah uh, there you go okay i think that's it for now i can't think of anything that's else a, i mean I'm there's tired. a thousand one things written down but it's been a long exhausting day um, lots of travel lots of driving isn't it interesting that the most strenuous stuff we do is thinking I shouldn't say strenuous, but what wears us out the most is thinking. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you go to the gym and you work out. I, I wouldn't know, but I hear <laughs> that if you go to the gym and work out, uh, you afterwards you feel refreshed. You do. And energetic. Yeah. But when you sit and think about things all day and stress about things, at the end of the day, you are wiped out. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Wiped right out. Yeah. It's a good thing I don't think. Much. <laughs> liar, liar. Pants on fire. There you go. All right. So, um, yes, thanks for watching, folks. And thank you all for coming out to the Red Deer Provincial Courthouse and yes, supporting thanks. me and hanging out. Thanks for the support. Just again, because I, I just I talked about doing uh, the social media stuff, and and it is interesting. Um, we don't do things just to get uh, numbers or anything like that. But every now and then, stuff surprises me. So I just want to tell you that um, when we did the uh, <clears throat> Chris's court date is uh, uh, is tomorrow post yesterday. I don't know if this works here. Probably not. Ish. 263,000 likes. Wow. That is a ridiculous amount of, of, of likes. Does that, does that suggest that we're a small fringe minority? Oh, pardon me, that's uh, 263,000 uh, views, not likes. We would never get that many likes. No, but definitely amount of views. No, we're uh, obviously people, um, people forward stuff. People uh, are engaged People, um, this is not just uh, a little tiny uh, fringe minority. There's like, you know, how many people are watching right now? 482. Um, I think and, we topped out at like 580 yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is weird because our, our stuff used to be three or 4,000 people. Yeah. Mind you, it was a lot more exciting back then, right? Well, during during uh, the the convoy and the trucks, for sure. I mean, we had some. Oh, we were hitting ten thousand. We actually had some views of over a million million views. Yep the lar uh, the largest audience to date, or number of views to date, is yeah. one point nine million people. Yeah. One point yeah. nine million people took time out of their day to watch a video that we did. Yeah. Yeah, whether it was a, a two-minute segment out of uh, you know a three-hour conversation, because we seem to do those a lot too. But well, uh, I mean, who's got time to sit here and watch an hour and twenty-six <laughs> minutes of us yammering on about Bison nobody, and Michael? Nobody in their right mind would do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so so much for doing that. I mean, uh, ab absolutely amazing. Um, I I just it it. It, it shocks me that uh, that people do listen and uh, and it shocks me too that people actually stop us you know walking along the street in middle of wherever town Alberta and they go hey are you Chris and or, hey are you Carrie and you know we watch you and we uh, we enjoy what you guys are doing and uh, we we stand with you and and then not only do they do that but they tell us tell them or they tell us, their story on how either COVID or the restrictions or, or anything uh, relates to anything that we've talked about. We've actually had people talking even about climate change recently uh, and how it's affected their jobs and how, you know, they, they ended up doing ESG reports. I didn't even know what an ESG report was probably six months ago. And, uh, and now it seems like that's, that's definitely a big thing. So uh, we're, we're definitely going to be talking more about that too. So, anyway. yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna become more front and center because as 
you know, as my, I don't know how to describe it, but as my place moves from restaurateur to basically full-time advocacy yeah. stuff, which is the direction it seems to be going. Yeah. The conversation is going to be more and more and more towards the climate agenda. Yeah. And what that looks like and why it's happened. Like, you know, I, I've said it, I know I've said this on lots of lives before, but the, these climate goals and this climate agenda was ushered in by a conservative government. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Stephen Harper that brought this to Canada, who signed us on to this. Um, you remember the, the Paris Accord and the Kyoto Accord and all Kyoto Accord and all that crap? Yeah. Um, this wasn't a crazy NDP government. It was a conservative government that did not do what was right. A conservative government that didn't stand up for what's right. And I don't want to see that happen again. So we're going to be talking a lot more about that. We're going to be exposing as much as we can and hopefully giving people the the tools and the resources and the information they need to make informed decisions yeah. and to hold their politicians to account. Yeah. Education, education is key on all of this. And that's why we've, uh, we've, you know, been vocally supported over the uh, Alberta prosperity project, because that is their number one goal is to educate. And, uh, and that's, you know, it doesn't matter what political party you have in. It doesn't matter what, uh, you know, uh, government policies are in. If, if you say, oh, we're looking at Bill C-1162, well, that's great. But what is Bill 1162? That's a fictitious bill, by the way. Um, but you have to educate people on, on what that means and what, how it affects them. And, and I think that is key going forward is that, um, they, they put in all these these acronyms and they put in numbers and bill numbers and uh, and and whether it goes through the Senate and all that it's almost to, to keep the public in the dark yep and and well we, they literally want us to be in the dark literally yeah yeah get rid of the, all the electricity too and uh, so we we definitely need to uh, to step up and uh, and uh, and kind of take the reins on that and educate people on what's on, on what's actually happening so anyways that's pretty much all I wanted to say that's what we'll do. And I'll leave you with this, folks. Um, keep an eye on what's going on in Europe. Yeah. As you probably well know, what happens in Europe will come to Canada. I don't know how many times I've been sitting in my living room watching some crazy policy get implemented in Europe and thinking, what are they doing to themselves? That's going to blow up in their faces. It's going to devastate the economy. And they do it. And then a year later, two years later, Canada's doing it. It will happen here. So I'm going to tell you this right now. It might not be affecting you right now, but if you're a farmer or in uh, energy resources or anything like that, it is going to affect you. It's going to affect you very soon. And it's going to affect you to the point where you probably won't be able to um, overcome it. Unless you start paying attention now. So. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. That's all I got for tonight. Okay. I think that's good. We will okay. see you guys again. Thanks again for watching. And uh, good night from Calgary. And good night from oh, wherever you good, are. Good night from beautiful Mirror, Alberta. Oh, one more thing. Oh, okay. If you're out there somewhere else in Canada or whatever, another province, and you're thinking, geez, you know, I wish I lived closer because the food pictures of the whistle stop are so great, or I just admire Alberta because there's people standing up. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life, 
But I will tell you that a lot of people, hundreds of people, they tell me that they can really see themselves in mirror. <laughs> oh, very good. How long did it take you to work on that one? <laughs> Actually, that's Kurt's. Kurt, Kurt okay. came up with that. Yeah, we're gonna make some whistle stop mirrors that. Say oh, that. I like that. I like Put that. Mirror. Put that on a yeah. Picture yourself in a mirror. Picture yourself in mirror. Uh, beautiful, amazing. Okay. All right. All right. Night, everybody. Good night. Are you doing the outro? Do the. Outro. I'm gonna try. I forgot how to work this thing. Okay. How do you work this? I haven't got a clue. This is, this is all new to me. I don't even know. Okay. Good night, everybody. Night. <laughs>